SCP Confinement, the hit YouTube series by Lord Bung, is coming to the printed page. Confinement follows Connor, a man with the anomalous ability to respawn, as he is used by the Foundation to explore and investigate dangerous SCPs. Adapted by Koshi J. Kage, artist for the SCP Daybreak graphic novel. Storyboard reviewed by Phantom, creator of the Whore of Blood canon, and published by Smooth Cadence Productions. Confinement returns to the community with no drama, no self-inserts, and no bung. Confinement Comics, Issue 1, only on Kickstarter. I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The file you are about to hear has been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. Foundation Command 05, Moscow, USSR. Friday, 23 December, 1988, 07.30 hours, local. Lighting a cigarette, Harper sat in his temporary office in the Foundation's regional headquarters for the Soviet Union. Nearly three times the size of his Washington office, complete with a view overlooking Durjinsky Square. Harper decided he could get used to the palatial treatment the Foundation afforded Level 5 personnel. Picking up his secure telephone, he called Muir back in Washington. Since it was almost midnight in the American capital, Harper dialed his colleague's home secure telephone line. After the two units had synced, he heard a slightly groggy voice say, Muir. Troy, it's Tim, Harper said. I hope I didn't wake you. I was still up reading, Muir reassured Harper. What's going on? Harper explained. I talked to Dr. Pushkin. Looks like the Trinidad artifacts did get bought up by Marshall Carter and Dark. From the sounds of it, he witnessed the exchange himself. Uh Uh-huh, Muir grunted. I've put out feelers to my old contacts at the GOC. I'm expecting to get their file in the morning. I hope you didn't have to part with any crown jewels, Harper remarked dryly. Nah, this was in exchange for services already rendered, Muir replied. Didn't even have to cash in all my chips. Well, Troy, I'm going to sleep on the couch in the office here. Call me when you have the file, Harper said. He read off the phone and fax numbers. Muir confirmed them, then hung up. Foundation Command 02, Washington, D.C. Friday, 23 December, 1988, 07.10 hours, local. Troy Muir had just started the office coffee maker when Monica walked in, carrying a manila envelope. Mr. Muir, the front desk reported this was dropped off for you this morning by an agent Granger of the Global Occult Coalition, she said, handing it to him. It cleared the standard security screen. Just a file. Thanks, Monica, Muir said, opening the file. Inside were three sheets of paper. Untitled. 
Troy, Merry Christmas, Harry. KTE-1767 Flint. Threat ID, Blood Treasure. Authorized response level, 3, moderate threat. Description. Spanish World Atlas printed in 1521, with accuracy comparable to contemporary maps. Oak chest approximately 60 centimeters by 38 centimeters by 45 centimeters. 500 Spanish gold, two Escudo coins, minted in 1521. The Atlas displays current coin locations in real time. When activated by the Atlas, activation method unknown, the coins will release approximately five megajoules of energy and explosive force before returning undamaged to the chest. Type 2, Explosive Entity. Rules of Engagement. The object represents threat to global political stability, having been used to incite at least one major war. The object is to be destroyed by any means necessary and appropriate if the chance arises. History. Original origin unknown. Recovered by private collector from shipwreck in the Straits of Florida in 1872. Owned by private collector in Havana, 1873 to 1895. Acquired by Foundation in 1895. Believed to be used to ignite powder charges on the USS Maine, 15 February 1898, instigating the Spanish-American War. Nationalized by Cuban forces 1959. Stolen by Marshall Carter and Dark Limited, 1961. Sold by Marshall Carter and Dark to sea in 1971. Current whereabouts unknown. Suspected to be in the possession of C, now implicated by Foundation sources in Pan Am Flight 103 bombing. Person of Interest ID, POI 55057 Black, C. No image on file. Authorized response level, 1. Minimal threat. Description. Member of Marshall Carter and Dark Limited, Identified only by the alias C, signed in green ink. Little to no other information known. Believed to be in possession of at least nine known threat entities purchased from Marshall Carter and Dark. Rules of engagement. Maintain discreet surveillance. Observe and report unusual activities. Gather additional information as possible. Do not engage except during emergencies. Personal information. Name unknown. Known aliases C. Profession unknown. Allegiances Marshall Carter and Dark Club member. Nationality unknown. Suspected British or American. Gender unknown. Date of birth unknown. Suspected prior to 1950. Height unknown. Weight unknown. Eye color, unknown. Hair color, unknown. Biographical information. Essentially nothing is known about C apart from his or her apparent membership in Marshall Carter and Dark Limited. C is known to have purchased approximately nine KTEs from Marshall Carter and Dark since 1968. Records stolen from Marshall Carter and Dark suggest C to have relative wealth and possibly either British or American citizenship. 
C is believed fluent in at least English. All documents signed by C include only that letter written in refined script in green ink of unknown manufacture. Associated KTEs, 0235 Hemlock, 0589 Baskerville, 0777 Ivory, 0900 Keyhole Green, 1123 Tap Dance Blue, 1515 Gaia, 1767 Flint, 2156 Woodwork, 2247 Pearl, Muir examined the file's contents carefully. Monica, please fax these to this number, he instructed, picking up his secure telephone unit and dialing. Harper, said the voice on the other end of the line. Tim, it's Troy. Monica's faxing you some documents, Muir said. There was a pause on the other end of the line. I have them, Harper said. Interesting. Do we have anything on this C person? I'm not familiar with him or her, you were said. It'll take us a while to go digging through the archives. All right, Harper replied. Any new leads? Monica raised her eyebrows and Muir hit the speaker button. I put you on speaker, Tim. Monica's here with me. Mr. Harper, our agents embedded in the British police have finished their initial report, Monica explained. We had them check the explosive signature against the exploding coins. It was a 93% match though the margin of error was about 8% because of the age of the coin's baseline comparison. All right, Harper said. Nice to confirm what we already know. Continue. Monica nodded, even though Harper couldn't see her. After you left for Moscow yesterday, I started trying to piece together who had access to the information that was leaked. We have no way of knowing for certain because all the evidence was destroyed and Director McDonnell only filed a preliminary paper report. He spoke to 055 personally, but 5 was also killed in the bombing. Given the nature of the information found as per the director's initial report, at least one conspirator had level 4 clearance or higher. But without specific SCP designations, I can't really rule anyone out. I looked at the Foundation Security Clearance Database and there are at least 1500 EL4s that I had clearance to know about, and I don't have clearance to know exactly how many EL5s there are. Even I don't know that, Monica, Harper said. I suppose I have access now that I am one. I can look it up. I don't think it's more than a few dozen. The O5 Council, some but not all of the directors for various sub-agencies, a few roving personnel like myself, not that many. Muir spoke up. Tim, if we don't know what they had, we can't dig too much into this without it becoming a witch hunt. All three knew that such a witch hunt could do as much or more damage as the apparent conspiracy itself, and none of them wanted to be the Foundation's Angelton. Let's focus on what we do know, Harper said. McDonald's report said something about the overseer's schedules for the week. Focus on looking into their staff and security. We don't need another dead overseer. In the meantime, I'll keep following the trail of the one object we do know the conspirators have. He disconnected the call. Muir and Monica set to work. They had to place the lives, habits, contacts, actions, schedules, and finances of over a hundred Foundation personnel under the microscope. Their task was all the much harder since they had no idea what, exactly, they were trying to find. With any luck, they'd know it when they saw it, 
with any good luck, that is. With bad luck, the conspirators would be able to do whatever they had planned next without interruption. Foundation Commando 5, Moscow, USSR. Friday, 23 December, 1988, 1545 hours, local. After finishing his call with Muir and Monica, Harper reread the files again. He decided to report what he had so far to 057. Leaving his palatial temporary office, he strode down the hall to the level 5 office reception and security desk. Showing his credentials to the secretary, he said in Russian, Please arrange for a secure teleconference with 057. Yes, comrade investigator, the secretary replied. She should be free in 15 minutes. You're welcome to use the conference room. Nobody is in there for another two hours. The secretary gestured to an open door. Thank you, comrade, Harper smiled. He entered the conference room and shut the door behind him. Just as the hour was chiming on the bells of St. Basil's Cathedral, the phone rang. Harper picked up the handset. Harper, he said in English. A voice on the other end of the line said, please hold for 057. A moment later, Seven's voice said, Mr. Harper, I take it you're making progress out there in Moscow. Yes, ma'am, Harper replied. We've traced the source of the explosion to the exploding coins, Seven said. I heard. Those have been nothing but trouble for the Foundation. I said it when I first became an overseer. I still say it now. Yes, ma'am. According to information from the Global Occult Coalition, the coins are in the possession of someone they know only as C, Harper explained. This C person apparently bought them off Marshall Carter and Dark back in 71. C? asked Seven. Interesting. First, a question though, Mr. Harper. What did you promise the GOC in exchange for the information? Nothing, said Harper. Muir got it from one of his contacts as payment for an old favor. Hmm, Seven said. All right, be careful with the GOC, Mr. Harper. Yes, ma'am, of course, Harper replied. I figured they were better to interact with than Marshall Carter and Dark, however. True, the club is not known for its cooperation, Seven said. So what do you know about this C? Not much, admitted Harper. The GOC file on C is essentially empty. Believed to be fairly wealthy, thought to own at least nine anomalous items. Marshall Carter and Dark club member, probably American or British. Signs with unidentifiable green ink. That's all we know so far. I have Muir and Miss Daniel looking into the archives to see what might be there. You can tell them to stop. There's nothing in the archives on this C, Seven stated definitively. I've read all the files we have on every known Marshall Carter and Dark club member. There is no file on any C person. All right, I'll let them know, Harper said. They're also looking at the personnel with access to the O5 schedules and security arrangements, since Director McDonald's report mentioned the possibility of a threat against the council. Very good, Seven said. Depending on the outcome of this investigation, Mr. Harper, you might be on the shortlist for being the counterintelligence director yourself. I've not spoken to the other overseers yet, but I've followed your work for some time now, and I like what I see. Harper could think of nothing to say, so he said nothing. Mr. Harper, I believe I may have a lead for you, Seven said. Go to London, speak to Sir James Mycroft. He's a mathematics professor at Cambridge. He's also something of an information broker about both the mundane and the paranormal. 
He's known to have supplied information to all of the various big players, including Marshall Carter and Dark. I suspect he may know or know of this C person. I will do that, Harper affirmed. Keep me informed, Seven said, disconnecting the call. Harper quickly called Muir to pass along the information. Then he left the conference room. Comrade, I need a seat on the next flight to London, as well as an English copy of the Foundation's file on a person of interest, he said to the secretary in Russian. Of course, comrade, said the secretary. Do you have a reference number or name for the file? Yes, Harper said. Sir James Mycroft. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, join my Discord community, hire me on Fiverr, or help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. The links are in the description. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible, so credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work, and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know, if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons ShareLight 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording being derived from this content is hereby also released under Creative Commons ShareLike 3.0. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation. I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki. And we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people. Or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T.